chapter 9. I believe it's going to be coming up here on the screen. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. Jesus summoned together his 12 apostles and imparted to them the authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. Then he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom realm and to heal the sick, to demonstrate that the kingdom had arrived. As he sent them out, he gave them these instructions. He told them to go, and uh, he gave them some instructions here. Here's what I want you to see there is... um, Jesus didn't just commission them and then move on to the next subject. He commissioned them and then had them act on it. So a lot of times it's, in America, it's easy to think because we have the information that we actually understand it. But in the Bible, understanding is an experience. You don't understand something until you have an experience of it. Teaching without application is more like theories than true knowledge. And so I want you to see that, is when Jesus actually uh, he commissioned them, he actually had them do something about it. Do you guys realize the Bible does not teach that the truth will set you free? It doesn't say that. Here's what it says. It says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Here's the picture. To continue in his word means to put it into practice. If you put my uh, words into practice, then you are my true disciples. Then you will know the truth by experience. In other words, you're going to see this stuff really works. And when you see the reality of the kingdom in that truth, it sets you free in that area. How are we doing? Continue in my word. Listen to Luke 640. But the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Rather, train yourselves for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value... Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. He says, train yourself on godliness. He didn't just say, listen to more messages. Just continue, just fill up your knowledge. You guys realize the Bible has almost nothing good to say about head knowledge. It says that it puffs you up. Just information. I'm I'm an information junkie. I just want more information, more information. And information without applying it doesn't turn into transformation. It turns into pride. It only equips you to debate people who have a different viewpoint. And so Jesus came with a whole different way. He's like, listen, guys, I'm giving you this authority. And they could have said, thank you, Lord, we have our authority. We're going to make declarations about our authority. And uh, do you guys understand the authority of the kingdom and how it works? And no, no, no. He, he said, I give you this authority. Now go do something with it so that you'll actually understand it, so you actually know it. So here's what I want to do. I want to just um, equip you to uh, heal the sick. How do you actually grow in it? Because we've been talking about it. We've heard of it. You know, we, we, you probably heard better messages than I'm doing on it. And so I want us to do is to exercise ourselves on the godliness, to train ourselves to be godly. And so I'm, gonna give, I'm just going to give you three really practical ways. Okay, here they are. Uh, reverse words of knowledge, waiters and waitresses, and everyone God leads you to. All right, let's close in prayer. I'm just kidding. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. Let me just say this. More people will be healed if you pray for more people. I promise you that's how it works. Yeah, Sean's, Sean's not quite sure about that one, but Sean, let me try to convince you here. More people will be prayed if you heal with more people, if you pray for more people. And let me just say this, uh, uh, people outside the walls of the church are easier to get healed than people inside the walls of the church. That doesn't mean we don't see healing inside the walls of the church. They just don't have all the religious doctrines that make the word of God of no effect. That's Mark seven thirteen. These religious traditions of, and what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? And what about Job? And didn't Paul tell live somebody sick somewhere? And doesn't God put sickness on people sometimes? And do you know, what if I don't have enough faith? And all, this, all these excuses that we have that keep us from the simplicity of Jesus. They don't have all that stuff. I mean, you pray for somebody outside the walls of the church, and they're like, whatever. I guess so, you know, as long as it doesn't take long. And it's, there's not all that, those objections, and then it's like they're, they're surprised. I don't know if you've ever prayed for somebody outside the walls of the church and they get healed, but there's something that happens in their eyes. It's just so beautiful. It's like, it's like this shock. Like they weren't expecting anything to happen. They were just kind of obliging you and being polite, and all of a sudden, like something changes. It's just, it's just one of my favorite things. And so um, uh, here, here's what I want you to get. We do what's possible, and God does what is impossible. Don't carry the weight of the healing. You, you, you're not good at it. You don't need to be good at healing. Jesus is really good at healing. The only thing we need to get good at is keeping our eyes on him and doing what's possible. Lay hands on the sick and, tell them, and, uh, and they will recover. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Speak to the mountain. Just whatever it looks like. So I'm going to give you a whole bunch of different stories, some from my life, some from other people's life, just to kind of get us activated in this. So 
Um, how do we train ourselves? How do we move into the ceiling? So the first one is reverse words of knowledge. Um, reverse word of knowledge is actually not a real thing. I made the term up. Okay. So word of knowledge, which we're going to do here in a little bit, is when God highlights a sickness to you. A reverse word of knowledge is when someone complains about their sickness to you. Instead of me telling you about my, your sickness, they're complaining to me about their sickness. And I'm like, okay, uh, that's, a, that's a reverse word of knowledge. You just asked for a prayer if you did that. So let me give you a couple uh, examples. So uh, one time, Mary and I were on this airplane, and there's this guy sitting next to me, and he was kind of like a macho guy like me. <clears throat> so we really connected at that macho level. I'm kidding. I'm not macho. But anyway, he was. And so he's, uh, he was a motorcycle racer. And so he told me about this horrible accident he had, and he actually had a video of it. He had some kind of helmet cam on. It was this horrible, I mean, like tumbling and sliding and like into the wall. And I'm like, well, man, what's going on? And so he's like, oh, my shoulder's blanked up or, you know, okay. And so it was jacked up. His, his shoulder was jacked up. And so um, I'm like, well, what's going on? Well, I can hardly move it and this and that. And I said, well, hey, I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but our church prays for people and we see them healed. We've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. And uh, I'll pray for you. It'll only take five seconds. I won't embarrass you. He's like, whatever. So I pray for him, and he's like, oh, man. Man, it feels a lot better. I'm like, great. And so then uh, there's this lady. So him, he's kind of flirting with the stewardess and our flight attendant. And so she's complaining to him, and she's saying, you know, I'm in so much back pain that every shift I have to go and um, get drunk so I can fall asleep. I'm in so much pain. She's like, I think I'm going to have to quit this job soon. I, I can't handle the pain of standing. And um, I'm overhearing this. I said, hey, hope this doesn't sound crazy, but our church sees uh, people healed all the time. And so, um, you know, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, people get out of wheelchairs. Can I pray for you? And she's like, like in front of everybody, like here? I'm like, it doesn't have to be. We can wait till it's done. And she's like, are you going to touch me? I said, no, it doesn't have to look like that. I said, I just prayed for him. And he's like, yeah, yeah the shoulder and everything. And so... Uh, so we kind of wait till everyone deplanes, and so it's Mary and I, this guy, and uh, the lady. And so I had Mary, I just put her hand on her shoulder, and uh, she raised, and man, now she's able to move around. And so there's this other flight attendant guy, he was just great. So he's kind of checking out the whole thing, acting like he's doing stuff in the seats, you know. And, um, and so he's listening, and he said, hey, my brother's a pastor, and um, I believe in this stuff. Can you pray for me? And so he had back pain. And so, um, yeah, that'd be great. So we pray for him. So all three of the people get healed right there in the plane. And there, there wasn't, I, I want you to get this, there wasn't any kind of sense of like, whoa, the power of the Lord is present to heal the sick. There wasn't like, whoa, I, I, think, I think Jesus just walked in the room. It was just simply recognizing, he said, I give you authority over every sickness, every disease, every evil spirit. We carry this authority. We always know what he wants to do. He always wants to heal. And so I, I, when, so when someone complains to us, that's one of those opportunities to say, hey, I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but... I remember one time we were in the uh, Bahamas. Thank you, Jesus. The power of the Lord is always present to heal the sick in the Bahamas. And I'm uh, hiding under uh, a giant umbrella in the shade with my number 202 sunblock on. And I uh, look like I would painted myself white, basically, with like a clown makeup. And so I'm, there, I'm, I'm reading a Bill Johnson book. I think it was The Supernatural Power of Transformation. So I'm just enjoying myself. And I see this guy who looks like a grandfather. And he's reading a Clive Cussler novel. So it's, he's like this spy, Dirk Pitt, you know, all that stuff. And so I'm like, hey, I'm like, uh, you reading uh, about Dirk Pitt? He's like, how do you know about Dirk Pitt? I'm like, oh, my dad loves Clive Cussler. So we're talking back and forth. And, um, and so he shared something about his grandson. He's like, yeah, I'm just kind of down here. And it's a difficult thing. His uh, grandson's name was Seamus O'Brien. So just a beautiful Russian name there. And so, um, and so, uh, so I, started, I, said, I started sharing some testimonies with him about healing. And he got really angry. And uh, I'm like, and so he's like, do you think you're funny? I'm like, well, kind of. I mean, sometimes I think I'm funny. I'm like, <laughs> like, we're talking like existentially? Like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't understand the question. He's like, you think those stories are funny you're telling me? I said, sure, they're not stories. I was there. They're absolutely true. And so then his heart kind of shifts. And, uh, and he, so then he goes into detail about his grandson, Seamus. And he's, uh, he's got kidney failure. They don't know what's going on. They don't know why his kidneys are shut down. He hadn't eaten in you know, like two or three weeks. He's on uh, feeding tubes. And he uh, wasn't in school anymore. And they, they were giving him weeks left to live. They didn't know what was going to happen, but he couldn't go on like this. And so, and so he says, can, uh, and, uh, he was Catholic, by the way. And so he says, uh, can, do you think God can do something for my grandson? I said, absolutely. And so I told him the story about the, uh, the Roman centurion and how Jesus just sent the word. There was no distance in prayer. And so, so we pray. And I said, here's my email address. Just let me know what's going on. 
And so I get home from the vacation. I get this email from him, and he says, you're not going to believe it. He said, the day we prayed, everything turned around. He said his kidneys began to function, and he's eating like an ox. That was his words. And he's already back in school. Isn't that amazing? So what happened? He, he complained to me, and I just recognized, man, I'm, I'm a child of the king. The, the, you know what the family business is? It's the kingdom of God that we get to be part of. So I remember we were, um, this, I was just going through a real funky time at this time. And so, I was, uh, and so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, when I go through funky times, I'm like, I need to heal somebody. I need to see somebody get healed to get out of this funk. And so there's this wait, uh, waitress, and she, uh, she was the, um, the hostess lady. So she's seating at the tables. And so when you're praying for somebody who's on their job, you need to be sensitive. This isn't your time to use their, you know, to, to use, you know, their opportunity that they're serving you to, you know, have them not do their job. And so she had these herniated discs. And so I told Mary, I still get nervous every time I pray. And so I'm waiting for that day when it's like easy and I'm no longer nervous. You know, Kevin Demon calls it the chicken line. And the chicken line was drawn and I saw she, she complained about her herniated discs and we went and sat down, and now I can't even eat. I'm nervous. I'm like, I got to go pray for this lady. I'd like, taken a long time off of praying for people. I needed to get back in the game. And uh, so finally, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for it to clear, you know, because there's like a bunch of people. She's sitting, and now she's up there by himself. I'm like, I couldn't even eat. Like, like the food's sitting there, and Mary's like, just eat and draw. I'm like, I can't eat. I'm nervous. <laughs> so, so I go up there, and um, hey, hope this doesn't sound crazy, but. And I'm at her name, and it just, I can't even imagine how much pain she was in. You know, she probably looked like she was in her 50s. And I mean, she's walking, like, you know, she's like making those faces while she's walking. And I pray, and the whole thing lifts off of her. And uh, so it was cute. She kept circling by our table and, like, giving us updates on her back and stuff like that. And, um, man, just, I look at when Jesus heals somebody, it's like him preaching a sermon in their body. It's like they don't hear a sermon. They just got the reality of the truth in their body. And now they, now they know him for real. I remember, uh, okay, this is a crazy one. So we were at uh, Golden Corral. <clears throat> Don't judge me. And so we were, uh, we were there, and we were supposed to meet, like, a bunch of our friends there. And we were supposed to get a private room, and we kind of were planning on, like, praying and being a little rowdy. And uh, we get there, and the Mormons had taken, our, had taken our room. And so I don't normally talk like this, and I wasn't trying to be funny. It just came out of my mouth. And so the, the person, the, you know, who's telling us, they're like, oh, we're sorry, the, you know, the Mormon church took it. And I said, how about we put somebody who's sick in the middle of a room, and whoever um, gets them, whoever's God answers by fire, that's who gets the private room. And Mary looks at me, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't, I don't even know why that came out of my mouth. I'm like, that was weird. And so they stick us by the toilets. So we're, we got all the tables by the toilets. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. And so it was super cute. So we're, we're praying for people. And then, um, so, so people were getting healed, like, just in our own group. And this waitress comes up, and uh, she says, um, she says, I've got heel spurs. I said, well, where, where's the pain on a scale of 1 to 10? She's like, it's at an 11. She's like, I'm in absolute agony. I can't afford the surgery. And so we, we pray for her. And I'm like, well, check it out. So check it out to me. I'm picturing, like, shift your weight. She starts stomping her heels like this. And she's, so she's totally healed, and she's crying. And she says, does God have anything he wants to say to me? And so I was like, all right, check the mail. And the only thing I got was, God says you're a good mom. And so she grabs me and starts crying. So then she goes and she starts getting people out of the kitchen and bringing them, like, like, like cooks and like other waitresses. And she like becomes the evangelist. And so she's bringing them, and 100% of them were healed. So then there's these two Muslims walking by going to the bathroom. And uh, so they start talking to some people in our group, and they're like, what's going on here? And they're like, kind of like making fun of us. And they're like, well, people are being healed in Jesus' name. And the one guy, the one Muslim guy says, well, let's see if your God can heal this. And he points to his friend, and his neck is fused. He doesn't speak any English, and he has zero range of motion in his neck. It's completely fused. And so they came and got me and Mary, and I'm walking over, and I'm thinking, this is going to be so sweet. I mean... Like, guys, God loves that kind of stuff, you know. And so, so we're walking over there. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And so we're, uh, so we're um, we, you know, kind of find out what's happening with the neck. And so I didn't, we didn't touch him. We just put our hands by his neck. And the fire of God hits his neck. And the guy's screaming at the top of his lungs. And uh, I'm like in the restaurant making a huge scene in Arabic. And his friend's interpreting mad. And he said, what kind of ointment did you put on his neck? His neck's on fire. What kind of ointment? And the guy's uh, rubbing his neck and trying to smell his hands. And uh, we're like, we didn't touch him. That's, that's God touched him. Move your neck. 
all of a sudden, all the uh, range of motion came back. That was an interesting. Remember, I said, let's see who's got answers by fire when we walked in the restaurant. And here it is, God answered by fire right there in the restaurant, healed the guy right there. Isn't that awesome? Uh, another fun one was at Denison University right here in Granville. So not a Christian school, for those of you wondering. And so they got a class there, and it's on world religions. And so uh, they had like a Wiccan come in there and a Hindu, and some person did some weird chanting over them, all sorts of weird stuff. And so one of the girls in our church uh, went there, and she says, can I have my pastor come in and talk about the powerful God of Christianity? I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, did you have to put it like that, you know? I mean, now something's going to have to happen here. So I go there, take someone with us. And I'm preaching, and I'm, 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 there, I'm not preaching, I'm talking, you know, blah, blah, blah. They could care less what I'm saying. They're looking at me like, oh, man, I hope this ends. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to shift strategy. So I start telling some, like, wild testimonies from our church of people getting out of wheelchairs and growing and body parts growing back. And uh, they're looking at me like, yeah, right. And so I'm like, so this is just what comes out of my mouth. I said, <laughs> I can't believe this. I said, here's what's going to happen. I said, in five minutes, I'm going to be done talking, and I'm going to bring somebody up here who's sick. And if I pray for them and nothing happens, you'll know that I've been lying this whole time. I said, but if I pray and something happens, you know I'm telling the truth. Well, now they're, now they're on the edge of their seat. Their eyes are open. My eyes are open. I'm like, what is this happening here? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it sounds great when I'm telling it now, but at the time it was like, you know, Jesus, like, receive my spirit. You know, like, 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 I'm not sure about the rapture if there is one, but if there is one, like, now. Like, yeah. And so, like, so I finish, and I'm like, all right, who's first? And so this girl comes up on crutches, and she's got, a, 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 like, a Velcro brace from her hip all the way down to her ankle. She was a scholarship volleyball athlete, and she just had a torn, uh, I think, meniscus in her knee two days before. So, like, fresh scars. And so she comes up on the crutches, and the closer she got, the farther my faith went away. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, and but on the outside, I'm playing it cool. I'm like, all right, hey, let's pray, you know. And so, um, in the name of Jesus, knee be healed. Check it out. Again, check it out to me is shift it back and forth. put it Because she couldn't put any weight on it. So, she, no, no, not this girl. <laughs> she takes off the whole cast. And she, uh, there's, like, a chair in the room. And so she huddles down the back of the chair drops her butt cheeks to her ankles, boom, starts moving all around like this and comes back up and she's got tears in her eyes. She looks at her teammate and she says, I'm healed. And so the class was so cute. They didn't, they didn't know how to respond and they just start cheering. Like the, like the joy of the Lord just like comes up on them and they're like cheering and everything. And so on the, out, on the inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. I, no lie. On the outside though, here's what I said. Next. No lie. Totally did. Next person comes up, and he, uh, he was a, a rugby player, and he had a bruise like the size of like a head on his thigh. And so he pulls up his uh, sweatpants. Here's this giant black and green bruise. When uh, we pray for it, and the bruise disappears in front of everybody's eyes. Next. <laughs> the next, thing, next person came up healed. Next person came up healed. It was just one of those glorious days. And so um, reverse words of knowledge. When people are bringing their illnesses to you, it's a great opportunity for you to say, hey, I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but are we good? All right, next one, waiters and waitresses. Let me just give a, a little footnote on waiters and waitresses. If you are going to initiate any kind of God encounter, you cannot say to them, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I that. You need to leave a big tip, you cheap wad. I don't care if you have to use your credit card and go into debt. Leave a good tip. That's the only time you're allowed to go into debt is if you are going to leave a decent tip. Minimum 20, 25%. Minimum. Like, please, please. Okay. Are we good? All right. Waiters and waitresses. And so this is such an easy time because there's a time of the meal where they bring out the food or somebody brings out the food and they say, hey, do you need anything else? Well, hey, I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but we're getting ready to pray for our meal. And we'd like to know, is there anything we can pray for you for? Uh, especially for physical healing. Our church has seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. And a lot of the times you're going to get something like this. Oh, you know, just pray for the weather. You know, you know, they're uncomfortable with it. You know, just pray for world peace. They give some answer that tries to kind of deflect it. But there's probably a third of the time where they, they'll share a real need. It'll be a relative or it'll be them. And so I remember we were, uh, we were at Olive Garden up in Cleveland. We are at some conference. And this is when Mary had braces. And so I... Uh, 
so, so we were like joking with this waitress and she said something about braces. And I made some stupid comment like, you know, I thought the first time I kissed a girl with braces, it'd be in my teenage years, not in my 40s, you know. And like just making goofy comments like that. And so we're, we're connecting and um, she's like, well, what church are you guys from? I'm like, oh man, there's a church in Powell. Their pastor is amazing. She's like, really? Who is it? I'm like, oh, it's me. And, um, and so, um, so we're just goofing around with her a little bit. And uh, so I started sharing some healing testimonies. And I said, is there anything, you know, she brings the meal. Hey, uh, we're getting ready to pray for our meal. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And she's like, my back is in such pain. She's like, I don't even know how, if I'm gonna be able to finish the shift. And, um, and I, I, said, I said, watch this. And I just point at her, I said, in the name of Jesus, back be healed. I said, check it out. She checks it out, and now she's sobbing. She gets down on her knees, and this is instantly where she went. She said, um, can God do anything about addictions? My brother's addicted. And it, it was just awesome. So it was like, it was like the, the, you know, she sees Jesus preaching a sermon in her body, and now she has faith for it to happen to somebody else right there. And so, awesome time. Uh, Max and Irma's. There was, uh, boy, a lot, a lot of action happened in a Max and Irma's down the street there. So I remember there's this one guy, he came out, and he had a dead calf muscle. And so he was walking, but it was walking with a severe limp. And so we're like, hey, man, what's going on? Uh, you know, look, at you limping. You okay? And he's like, oh, when I was like 14, I had this accident, and the muscle's dead in there. And so I don't, you know, I, 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 you know, I walk with a limp now. And so he brings the food. Well, hey, we're getting ready to pray for a meal. Is there anything we can pray for you about? You know, especially physical healing. Da, 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 da. And he says, um, no, I'm good. And uh, so Mary's like, well, how about your leg? And he's like, ah, it's, it's, I've learned to live with it. I'm fine. And I said, well, I'm going to pray for you behind your back. And so uh, he, you know, he didn't want anything to do with it. I wasn't going to force it on him, but, you know, I'm still going to give a little try. What's, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? And so we pray at the table. And so he limps off. He comes back out of the kitchen. This is no He walks out of the kitchen with the, with the food, and he's walking perfectly normal. And uh, Mary's like, look at that. He's walking normal. Like, yeah. And so we're like, hey, man, it looks like you're walking normal. He's like, yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, like, seriously? Like, you know, it was like 13 years of a limp and then like a prayer, and now it's fine. And here's what you need to understand, guys. The goal is to get them to fall on their knees and praise God. The goal is to show them love. You're giving them a love encounter. If they get healed and you're a jerk, it didn't do them any good. If you give them love and they don't get healed, it does them a lot of good. Okay, so the goal is to show them love, not to get a notch in your belt so you can go share a testimony, right? Um, yeah, I mean, just lots, lots of waiters and waitress ones. It, one, this one was fun. This, uh, this, uh, this lady there, you know, brings the meal. Hey, we're getting ready to pray for a meal. Anything we can pray for you about, especially physical healing. She's like, you know, my child has had chronic ear infections. They're getting ready to put the tubes in. I'm, I'm, I'm so worried about this. And, and so we pray. And so the next time we go back in there, she, she says, you're not going to believe this. They, uh, they didn't have to do the, I mean, it was like weeks later, and the kid was having ear infections every week. Uh, they don't have to uh, do the surgery. The, the child's been completely healed. He's never gone this long without anything. So you know, it, like, even, you guys have to understand, even when it's not the person right there, God can still do the healing and still touch their heart. You've got to think of it like this. One plants, one, so, one, one plants, one waters, God reaps the harvest. So you just don't know where you are. I want you to think of this. If you picture like a scale of like negative 10, 0, and 10, like uh, 0 is like the salvation event. So if someone's at like a negative 8, they've had so many bad experiences with Christians, you know. Um, I, I've heard that there are people in the world who have had bad experiences with people who call themselves Christians. So let's just, let's just put that fact out there that it, it could happen, okay? And so uh, a negative eight, if they have an experience with you and you show them love and they go from a negative eight to a negative four, that is huge. You need to understand, like, like salvation isn't always, it's, it's a, an event and a process. You know, it's a, it's, an, it's a process to get them there. There's this time where they encounter the Lord and it's a process of walking the whole thing out. So I want you to just get the picture is when you're praying for people and showing them love, you just may be moving them along in the continuum. Or you may be the one who actually prays for them and, they, and reaps the harvest that day. But it's all God. And so just be encouraged with that. So uh, reverse words of knowledge. People kind of sharing their sickness with you. Waiters and waitresses. Hey, we're getting ready to pray for a meal. Anything we can pray for you about? And the last one, everyone God leads you to. Now, it's interesting. That the Bible uses this phrase about Jesus. He was moved with compassion. It's just such a great phrase. Compassion in the Bible, the, the picture there, is where holy love meets holy anger. It's almost like your insides are being torn. And so I'm not sure if you've ever had that. You just see somebody, and it's like you, we might say our heart went out to them. 
But it's, it's that plus some because you're actually like, I need to do something about this. And it's usually those times when your heart is racing, the chicken line is drawn, and you're like, what am I going to do here? Let me just uh, tell you a couple stories on that. So uh, two of our guys were at the uh, mall one time, and they see a young man in a wheelchair. And so they get that uh, Holy Spirit heartburn, you know, where it's like, duh, 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 duh. and uh, the reason Jesus sent people out two by two is because you do something a whole lot stupider and braver with a friend, right? And so they see it, and they're like, hey, should we pray for this person, da, da, da. And by the time they, you know, are arguing among themselves, they're standing in front of the person in the wheelchair. And so they ask the parents, can we pray for for this, for this, uh, he was uh, in his 20s at the time. And so the parents tell the story. So when the young man was like around 10 or 11, he was hit by a truck as a result of being hit by the truck, was mentally retarded, hadn't walked and talked in over a decade. And so uh, these guys, you know, feeling the compassion of the Lord, they pray for him. And it didn't happen all at once. You know, at first, like his ankle started moving, then he was able to move his knee. But after about 15 minutes, the young man is out of the wheelchair walking and talking. The parents fell on their knees, began praising God right there in the mall. Yeah, yay God. I remember I was at a car rental place, and there, uh, I don't know if I told this story already. I've been talking a lot lately, and so, um, like in different places, I don't remember where I say stuff. And so, uh, for those new people here, I'm so glad you're here. You haven't heard my stories yet. So, so I'm at this car rental place, and it's just packed with people. And I see the girl at the desk, and I've, I'm moved with compassion. So I'm like, man, I really want to... Uh, somehow engage this girl, but and I can't, I can't get her in trouble with her job. You know, she's got, you know, so busy. You know, car rental places, people are impatient, and so I don't know what happened. I'm not trying to act like anything supernatural happened. I don't know, but I'm just kind of just in the zone with the Lord, just kind of enjoying Him. And when, by the time I get up to it, this is no lie, it's just her and I in the whole place. Like I don't know what happened. All the other workers, I like. Like, I'm not claiming there was, like, a time warp or something. I don't know what happened. But it's just her and I, and she's got a Catholic cross on. And I'm like, hey, that's a cool cross. What's that mean to you? And so she, like, well, I'm Catholic, and da-da-da-da-da. And I said, well, you know, uh, hey, hope this doesn't sound crazy, but our church sees uh, people healed. Uh, we've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And she's like, well, I've got fibromyalgia. My whole body's in pain, and, and they can't figure out why. And I said, can I pray for you? It'll take five seconds. I promise I won't embarrass you. She says, okay. And so when people are working, it's not a good time to lay hands on them and make a scene, right? So we got the counter in between us, and I just kind of point. I said, in the name of Jesus, pain leave. And she goes, oh, something just lifted off of me. Did you see that? I'm like, no, I'm not that good. I didn't see anything, you know. And, um, and uh, so here's what you need to know. When someone says something lifted off of me or I feel lighter, that's the language of deliverance. In the, in the Gospels, 25% of the healings that Jesus did were caused by demonic activity. So I would say there's probably at least one out of four that are that. It doesn't, I believe Jesus was casting demons off of the people most of the time rather than out of them. Yeah, you know, people, so that's just me. And so, well, it's actually, it's in the Greek. That's how it's phrased. It's not just me. And so, and so that's the language of deliverance. And so, um, Oh, you know, at first she said, oh, something just lifted off my arm. Did you see that? And then she's like, oh, the rest of it just went. And so she had a complete deliverance there, and then all of her pain left. And so, uh, so she, you know, she's checking the, you know, the registration out and giving me my car keys. And so I'm walking out to my car, and she knocks out the window, and she's, like, giving me thumbs up, like, showing me how she's moving without pain. Just absolutely adorable. It's good stuff. We had um, a family here, and they were at a restaurant. And the two kids got a word of knowledge that this lady needs prayer. That's all they got. This lady needs prayer. And so the mom takes the kids over there. Hey, um, you know, my kids, they, they felt like they wanted to pray for you. And it turns out this lady's a school teacher. So she's thinking, hey, these are some kids that I had before. I just don't remember them. So she obliges them. And it turns out she has cancer, had cancer. Um, and she had three tumors. And so they were, they were, you know, big ones. And so they pray for her, and two of the tumors instantly disappear, and the other one is shrinking on her way back to the car. And so she's kind of freaking out. And so we get a call from the church about a week later, and this lady tells us the story. Because the, the family didn't know. They just prayed and left. They didn't know the things. But uh, so they, they instantly disappeared. And by the time she got in the car, the one was shrinking. And at her doctor's appointment that week, uh, they couldn't find any more cancer in her body. And that's amazing. So parents... If your kids are like, hey, I think we, listen, follow the lead of those kids, all right? I knew that we had gotten to a tipping point in our family when my kids uh, started calling dibs on who got to pray for the waitress when they were little. I remember we were at a restaurant, and Joshua was like, I got dibs on the waitress. I'm like, oh, man, something's happening in our family. 
Like, this is, this is good news. Are you guys okay with this? I know this is a little different. So one of our guys was at a restaurant, and uh, a lady in red got highlighted while that song was playing. No, that wasn't the song wasn't playing, just kidding. But there was a lady in red, and he's just kind of walking out of the restaurant, and he's just like, hey, uh, I think he used this phrase, God highlighted you to me, which is great in our culture. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, God highlighted. That's so cool. But, you know, outside, I just think it's hilarious. And so she's like, really? And he's like, can I pray for you? And so uh, he prays for her. And we get a call a couple days later, and she's like, hey, so-and-so, she describes this guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who it is. And um, she's like, he, I think he goes to your church. And he prayed for me, and when, uh, what he didn't know is I had cancer. And after he prayed for me, I had a doctor's appointment, and they can't find any more cancer in my body. <laughs> Beautiful. We had uh, one of our guys, he had uh, a number of kids, I think six. And he felt like the Lord was leading him to go to, it was either Cedar Point or Kings Island. Did I already tell this story here? And so, which I believe if you have six kids, you need a word from the Lord to go to an amusement park like that. Like that is, that is dangerous ground if you're going to do that. And so he's trying to like enjoy the time with the kids, but he's kind of like, you know, like, God, you, you sent me here. Like, what's going on? And so he's in line for whatever ride it is. And all of a sudden, you know, 20, 30 feet from him, this girl keels over and someone yells, she's dead. So kind of a crowd gathering around and people freaking out. They're, you know, they're trying to get the paramedics. And so he's standing there and he said it felt like forever, but he said it was probably 10 seconds. And he said he's kind of rocking back and forth thinking, what am I going to do here? Am I going to engage? So finally he's like, I'm going to go for it. He crosses the chicken line, fights his way through the crowd, kneels over the person, yells in the name of Jesus live. Life comes back in her body. And uh, so she gets up, the paramedics take her, rush her off. So he's standing back in line and all of a sudden he has an open vision. And so this wasn't like in his mind's eye. He said he saw, like physically, like a, a screen come down, and he's watching this scene, and it's the throne room of heaven. And he said it's busy in there. There's angels buzzing around. There's worship. There's all sorts of stuff going on. He said all of a sudden, heaven stopped, and they look at a video screen, and it's this young man, and he's rocking back and forth, deciding whether or not he's going to engage. And as he crosses the chicken line, God sends an angel at the speed of light, and as he prays, the angel meets him there and raises the person up. Come on. Moved with compassion. Everyone God leads you to. You got time for two more? All right. So we had a group of youth that decided they were feeling led to go down to the emergency room because they knew there would be sick people there. You know, the logic is irrefutable. You got to love this. So they go down there and... You know, they're, they're nervous, and they had prayed before, and they're, they're nervous. And so they go in there, and they see a lady who's sitting there crying. And so they go, and they sit next to her, and um, hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? And she says, my baby's died in my womb. I'm here to have a DNC, a dilation, dilation and curatage, where they remove the baby. And they say, well, can we pray for you? And so uh, she said, yeah. So I think she's expecting a prayer of comfort. And so they lay hands on her and command the baby to live, and the baby starts kicking in the womb. So she screams. And uh, there's this other lady holding a baby, and so she's kind of ticked off at, like, this commotion that's happening in the emergency room. And she says, what's going on in here? And so they explained to her, yeah, this, you know, this lady, you know, the baby's kicking. And um, they said, well, can we pray for you? And she said, I don't believe in that stuff. I'm Jehovah's Witness. And um, apparently they hadn't taken the class on tactfulness. And so they, uh, you know, they impose their will on this poor lady. They, they, you know, somehow make her receive prayer. And so um, they said, what's going on? And so she's holding the baby, and she said, my baby's three months old, and uh, the arm is paralyzed. The baby's never moved its arm. And so they pray for this lady, and the baby starts moving its arm there in the ER room. Come on. I know I'm sharing these things kind of rapid, but I I hope that they're training you how to see. You know, that they're, they're feeding your heart. They're showing you this is normal Christianity. This isn't like... Green Beret level, this is, man, everybody gets to, gets to do these things. But you have to train yourselves in godliness. If, if, we just, if we just take these things as theories and never exercise those things, then we're going to just be stuck with information and good ideas. And so when you have an emergency, that's one of the worst times to try to cram for the healing final. Okay, you, you, you want to have this going as a regular part of your life when family is sick, when coworkers are sick, people are sharing. This isn't like you have to be on all the time. And you're, you know, I, there are, you know, there's probably 10% of the people who have that gift of evangelism, and that's just, 
they're always looking for a sick person, a limp, you know, just something. Like, they're just feeding on it. And, I mean, we love those type of people. I don't want you to feel like you've got to always be on, but uh, you need to be ready if someone shares a sickness. You need to be tuned in the Holy Spirit if he's leading you to somebody. And I think it's just a great way to practice with waiters and waitresses, just to be a blessing to them. And so I think this is just an easy way for us to step into deeper levels of healing and anointing in a practical way. Uh, last story, we had one of our uh, youth uh, a couple years ago. She felt the Lord was telling her to go to Walmart. And so Walmart is one of the greatest training for ministry and anywhere on the planet. It is, it's, uh, you know, it is a strange place. I know people call people the, the Walmartians who, um, who go there and everything. And so you're, it's just... It's just like a cross section of every culture, and it's just amazing. And some of them are even more cross sectional than others. Let's just put it that way. So <clears throat> you just get some, you get all sorts of characters there. And so she feels like the Lord's leading her to go to Walmart. And so she goes there, and so she's kind of walking around. And uh, by the end of the night, she had gotten three people out of wheelchairs at Walmart. Two of them left their wheelchairs there. They came in with their own wheelchairs, their own personal ones. They didn't even try to take them, left the wheelchairs there, and the other one went out pushing theirs there. That's a good day. That is a good day. And I want you to, I just want to reiterate this as we're kind of circling in for a landing here, and is the goal is that they feel love. You know, there's this powerful verse that really, I, I believe, is one of the keys of the supernatural. And it's Galatians 6, 5. It's either 6, you know, it's 5, 6. It says, faith works by love. And so don't ask for more faith. Ask for more love. So where I'm seeing these people with God's eyes and you're recognizing, I've got a solution to this thing. There's something that I can do about it. And uh, I believe these are some easy ways. But I, I look at it as you're painting a bullseye on them. You prayed for them. You've marked them with love. And now it's like heaven's got a bullseye. Were you, were you praying bullseyes this morning, Sean? Was somebody doing that? Or am I just making that up? All right. I, I made it up. Okay. So, <clears throat> it is a good word. Thank you, Sean. You should have said it. I, I probably heard you say it somewhere else. That's what happened. But when, when you pray for people, I look at it as you're like you're marking them with a bullseye of love. And now God's going to say, okay, they, you know, there's been a seed planted. Now I'm going to make sure it gets watered. And someday there will be someone who harvests it. And so the goal is love. We do what's possible. God does what's impossible. You get that? Just, here's what's possible. Hey, we're getting ready to pray for our meal. Is there anything we can pray for you about, especially physical illness? Someone shares something to you. Hey, hope this doesn't sound crazy, but we can do what's possible. Take the pressure off yourself. But when it doesn't work, don't condemn yourself. Uh, listen, you can't take credit for the healing. You don't get to, like condemn yourself when it doesn't work. Just use it as fuel to press in even harder. Lord, uh, make the changes in my heart. Help me to see more clearly, whatever that takes uh, to get that. So don't get condemned. I, I have not found shame and blame to be helpful in the Christian life. Has anyone found that to be like really a helpful thing? No, it, it's, it's not any good. And so just go back to Jesus here. So I'm going uh, to close with, I'm going to close with two thoughts here. One is, uh, I'm just going to tell you the truth. If you want to have a healing ministry, which I believe everyone in here wants to, by that I mean healing flows in your life on a regular basis. I'm not saying like you got to be healing evangelists and travel. What I'm talking about is just, man, the, the power of God's real in your life. You're going to have to learn to push past the disappointments. Okay, I'm just going to tell you the truth. You're probably not going to be 100% for everyone you pray for from this day forward. Okay, it's just, it's just there's a growing curve in it. Just like when you got saved, you didn't quit sinning all at once from that day forward. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a learning how to take hold of the grace of Jesus. You're going to have to do that with healing. And so you're going to have to learn how to push past the disappointments. And so I remember when, uh, maybe this will help somebody. My sister passed away in May 2009. Uh, she died of cancer. It was, it was just a, ter a terrible time. And did I tell this story here recently? I don't think I have recently. Okay. I'm sorry. Again, I've talked on healing a bunch in the last past couple weeks, and I'm tired. So, okay. So she, she passes away, and we, we did everything we knew how to do. We tried to raise her from the dead, and it was such a precious time at Zion. It was like the whole church was grieving with us. And we were really, we were going for healing. We were, I mean, was, God was just doing wonderful breakthroughs. And I remember it was, it was kind of like, you know, the, anyway, the church, was, they were just grieving with us. It was just a, just a precious time. I'll never forget how good the people were to us. I remember, uh, remember uh, 
Kevin and, um, and Chuck Warner, they came up and they came up to the funeral and everything. It was, just, it was just a great time. And so someone comes out nasty on me on Facebook and was like, oh, if you believe in healing, why'd your sister die? I'm like, seriously? Like, are Nazis even like this mean to each other? Like, what is your problem? Like, Christians can be so mean, can't they? That'd be a good title of a book. Christians can be so mean. Anyway, I wouldn't want to read it, but it's true. And so, and so she comes out nasty at me. And so my first reaction wasn't very Christ-like. I had some, some darts to throw at her. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. So I said, uh, Holy Spirit, just what's going on here? And I felt like he gave me a word of wisdom. And so he reminded me, in Romans chapter 6, the Bible says, you were buried with Christ, you died to sin when you were buried with Christ through baptism. In other words, when you got baptized, there was something that happened. There was, uh, Colossians 1 says there was a cutting away of the sin nature. In other words, you don't ever have to sin again. Jesus paid for that to happen. So is, that, is anyone here sin, uh, sin since they've been water baptized? Anybody here? Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. And so here's what that means. It means that we have not yet learned how to take hold of everything Jesus paid for, but it doesn't invalidate the truth of what he paid for. Okay? When we pray and it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that the truth isn't true. It just means we're still learning how to take hold of it. So don't condemn ourselves for growing in this thing. Okay? And so wherever you're at in this thing, I'm sure in in a church like this, there's been times where we prayed and we've gotten disappointed. It didn't work. Here's what I'm saying. Do not throw out the whole truth of healing. Don't, don't throw out what you know to be true to, to comfort yourself. We've got to be able to push past those disappointments. So I'm going to close with this story. It's from a, an author named Matthew Oliver. I can't remember the name of the book. It's, I, anyway. But he was feeling like God was telling him to pray for a woman with hearing aids at a store, and he ended up not doing it. So here's the story. Hunger and desire began to rise up inside of me. I was grieved that I had not prayed for the young woman. I was stricken at night with a compassion and desire for God's destiny. The fact that I hadn't acted ruined me, and I asked God to give me another opportunity to pray for someone who was deaf. I began to have the desire to see ears open outside of the church. Not long after that, I was standing in the return line at the home improvement store. There was an older couple in front of me, and the man had two hearing aids. I felt the unction of the Holy Spirit to pray for him. So I asked the man's wife if I could pray for him, and after a moment of decision, she said yes. It was at that moment that God hijacked me. He spoke right into my heart. Place your fingers in the man's ears. What? What was God thinking? I had just gotten the courage to pray for him, and now he wanted me to stick my fingers in his ears? Stick your fingers in his ears and get your fingers wet first. Wet willy. That's what we're talking about right here. What, God? He wanted me to lick my fingers and stick them in this man's ears in the middle of the store in the middle of the day? God began to ask me, how badly do you want it? I knew that it had nothing to do with my fingers and ears or licking fingers. It had to do with my death to myself and how badly I wanted it. At that point, I wanted it really bad. It had consumed me and ruined me. When you are truly dead, nothing else matters. Not fingers and ears, not licking fingers, nothing. Or so I thought. I briefly told the couple was about to to do. Might seem a little odd but that I was just following orders from God. I quickly licked both fingers and placed them in his ears and began praying a prayer that sounded something like this. Oh God, please, if I have ever asked anything from you before, please heal this guy so that I didn't just stick my spit-covered fingers in his ears for nothing. (laughs) After a few moments of praying with my fingers in his ears, I pulled out my fingers and I knew, just as he knew, that nothing happened. I went home that day completely crushed. I was angry at God. I did not know if I was more angry that the guy did not get healed or that I was made to look like a fool. Then God had the gall to ask me if I would do it again. Never, I decided. If he wasn't going to heal, then I wasn't going to pray. I mean, you can see maybe this guy has some, some internal things that need to get changed here. It's okay. He's, he's in a process. A day later, I was standing in another store, and a young woman came in, hearing aids in her ears. I felt the stirring in my heart. Not this time, I told God, but the stirring persisted. I was so ruined I was not my own person. I was God's. If I was not living for me, then who was I living for? So I told God, if I pray for her, you have to heal her. Again, I stuck two spit-covered fingers in this poor girl's ears and prayed and cried, and nothing happened. You could ask the question why, and I'd be there with you. I don't know, but I know that God is looking for obedience from his people, simple obedience. I used to say that God is looking for stupid people because some of the things he has asked me to do, no person in their right mind would ever do, but that's not the case. He's looking for dead people. 
And if you're not dead yet, don't worry. The fire of God, that fire that burns in us and makes us shine, it can kill you. It burns away the flesh until all that is left is the glory. The young lady did not get healed, and God and I argued again. And I made another proclamation that I would never pray for anyone like that again. I found myself in our local grocery store just around the corner from our church. I knew the manager. I know the clerks and the baggers. I had a cart full of groceries, and as I got in line to check them out, there in front of me was a little girl singing, signing to her mom. She was deaf, and she needed my Jesus. And God was asking me, how about this time? I would love to say that I jumped at the chance, but I waited. God, I know this place. They know me. Then I stopped. They know you. They know that I represent you, and it is no longer my name on the line. It is yours. It shifted that quickly for me. I found that I was dead. At that moment, I would have stuck my fingers in anyone's ears. But what I cared about was my God, his reputation, his glory. At that moment, I asked the little girl's mom if I could pray for her. She said yes, and I didn't even bother explaining. I just stuck these two wet fingers in her ears, and I began to praise my God. Not two seconds had passed, and the little girl began to scream, I can hear! I can hear! She began to shout. The whole aisle was filled with people as this little girl was shouting. I stood back as they gathered around her, and I thanked my God. I was gone, and then God showed up. This is an amazing story. Let me ask you this. If you knew that person number four was going to be healed, would you be willing to push past the disappointments of person number one, two, and three? Heidi Baker had a prophetic word. She's one of the greatest missionaries since the Apostle Paul. And she had a prophetic word over her that she was going to have authority over deaf ears. The next 100 people she prayed for with deaf ears, none of them got healed. It's a great story. Now she goes into villages in Mozambique, says, bring me your deaf. 100% of the deaf were healed, and they were able to plant churches off of that. We love that part. I want you to think about number 52. But God, you promised. Number 53. But Lord, I've got this word. Todd White, uh, one of the great street evangelists, evangelists, just one of the greatest humans uh, alive right now, uh, he prayed for 1,000 people before he saw his first one healed. Uh, he did it in 30 days. He was, uh, he was a madman. He was averaging praying for over 30 people a day, and so his learning curve was, uh, was shortened. But uh, I mean, maybe you've seen the YouTube videos of Todd praying, you know, going up to the skateboarders and then full of injuries and then getting prayer and then cussing as they're getting healed. They're so thrilled with it and everything. I want you to, um, 1,000 people. I want you to think about that. John Wimber uh, got a revelation of healing. He taught on healing every Sunday for two years. That's over 100 sermons. Not one person was healed. People were leaving the church saying, you've got to stop. You've got to change the subject. His elders were coming to him saying, this, this isn't working. This, you, you've, got to, you've got to change it. And he'd say, you're right. And he would, he, would, he would go. And then that morning, he'd be ready to preach, and God would begin to deal with him again. Guys, these are great stories. I want you to think about the perseverance that, and the glory on the other side of it. Because there's, there's something that happens that needs to happen to us. If you don't need it to happen, I don't believe God's going to make you pay a price. But there's, sometimes there's this transformation in the struggle where we become the kind of person who can carry the weight of the answer. Take a risk. More people will be healed if you pray for more people. So here's what I want to do. Um, if we could uh, have someone go get the kids. They're going to come in here, and we're going to do something with words of knowledge and with the kids. Doesn't that just sound like a great idea? Words of knowledge and children, just a beautiful thing. And so thank you, Kristen. I forgot to yeah, get somebody. So thank you for that. And so here's my challenge to you this week. I want uh, you guys to partner with the Holy Spirit this week and see if one of these situations comes up for you to pray for somebody. I'm not going to have everybody stand. If you're going to do this, stand up and promise. I'm not even going to do that. Here's what I'm just asking you to do is if somebody shares a sickness with you, hey, I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but if you go out to a restaurant that uh, has a waiter and a waitress at it, then, um, hey, uh, hey, can we do anything else before, you, you know, you know, whatever they say, the phrase, and you can say, hey, uh, we're getting ready to pray for a meal. Is there anything we can pray for you about? A bunch of the time, they'll just kind of blow it off, but there'll be the, about a third of those times where you get to pray. And then if God leads you to somebody, one caveat, kids, yeah, come on forward here. This will be great. They don't actually totally know what's going on. And so, um, and so the, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Kids, welcome. We are glad to have you here. Yeah, come and just line up across the front. Here's the future leaders of America, of our city. 
of the church. Man, just think if we had a time capsule and we could look 20 years into the future uh, with some of these kids. I mean, we're going to have senators, professors, businessmen, millionaires, moms and dads raising champions, and so this is going to be good. I know your kids won't even be dating yet. I know. I recognize that part, but some of these kids will be, so yeah. That was for the fathers of daughters for that one. So your challenge this week, should you choose to accept it, is be on the lookout for an opportunity to pray for somebody and give them a love encounter. Does that sound good? All right. Yes. So here's what I want to do is next week I want to give an opportunity for some people to share um, them stepping out. Whether it worked or it didn't work, I want you, the goal is to make, uh, make sure somebody feels love. Does that sound good? And he, just so you know, people get healed even after the prayer. So I remember there's this one guy, he was at Wendy's, and I was just the Wendy's up there at the corner, and he had a neck brace on. So I was up at the counter. You guys are doing great. We're almost done here. So you only get a two-minute sermon. They had to sit through a lot longer, so you guys are blessed. So the, he had a neck brace on, and so I was, I was kind of feeling the compassion. Lord. I'm like, hey, you know, I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but can I pray for you? And he's like, no, I don't think so. And so I'm like, all right. And so I said, hey, I'm going to be praying for you behind your back. And so I don't eat fast food a lot. I know it sounds like these stories. It sounds like I eat all this. And so a couple days later, I'm going through the fast food line. You know how they got like the two windows, like you pay at the window, and then you pick it up? And so I'm in the pay window, and I look up, and I think, that kind of looks like the guy with the neck brace, but he didn't have it on anymore. I was like, eh, I don't know. And so, um, so he's taking my order. And so I, uh, as I'm driving up, I see him get out of that window, and he runs to the second window. And he's like, hey, are you that guy that was going to pray for me about the neck brace? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> I was like, awesome. Thank you, Jesus, and stuff. So I remember we had someone in our living room, and they had carpal tunnels so bad they had braces on their arms. We pray it didn't look like anything happened. I was like, oh, man, I hate it when that happens. And he calls us the next day. Hey, I woke up the next day, and I've got full range of motion, no pain. He was completely healed, and he's still healed. All that things. Guys, don't stop believing after the prayer ends, okay? And so we, you know, we, had, a, we had a family that drove their son here. He was born blind. They drove from Chicago. We prayed for him. We saw zero breakthrough. Uh, he woke up Monday morning with 20-20 vision. Do not stop believing after the prayer ends. I remember my friend got called out by a word of knowledge by a famous speaker. He's excited. He had just had knee surgery. His knee's a wreck. He had surgery just a couple days before. So he's in total pain. He gets prayer, checks it out, no healing. Oh, man, he's just, oh. So he, uh, so he's, you know, he goes to bed that night, and uh, he, he had his brace off while he was sleeping. And he gets up to go to the bathroom, and he forgot to put his brace on. And he's, he didn't realize he's completely healed. He's walking back out, still doesn't realize he's healed. And his wife's sitting up in the bed crying. She's like, look at what happened at your knee. No breakthrough when he got prayer. He didn't stop believing after the prayer ended. Okay, and so it works for yourself and it works for other people. Okay, kids, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to call out some words of knowledge. And when people stand, you're going to go and pray for them. And so I don't care if you've got to climb over chairs, just have at it. All right. So... I'm going to call it some words of knowledge, and I'm going to have you stand at the ends because some of these are a little more personal. One of them is like prostate, so I don't want to have someone have to feel like they have to stand for that one. Okay, and so, um, all right. So I'm just going to go down the list here, and then we'll have you stand, right? Um, I just got these during worship. Right shoulder, right ear, right knee. Oh, you can stand. I don't care all right, if you want to stand, all right? Um, toes on the right foot. It just went right down the body, okay? Right shoulder, right ear, right knee, toes on the right foot. Tongue where it feels like there's a rash on it. Prostate. Your stomach feels uneasy and feels like you have to go to the bathroom all the time. Right lower back, especially where it kind of attaches to the upper buttock. Can we say that? Um, and then a, a catch in the hip where it feels uh, like a catch in the back or hip where it feels like it gives out sometimes. Okay? So if you have any of those things, go ahead and stand. All right, kids, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around the room, and somebody that you feel like you're supposed to go pray for, go to them, and, I'm gonna, and then wait by them for about five seconds. I'm going to give you some instructions. Go. And you can run in church. This is the only time. All right. There's people in the back. So we'll do round one, and then we'll have you guys sit down. If you didn't get prayer, stay standing, and we'll do round two where the kids come around and get you because it looks like we got more, uh, we, 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 more prayer needs than we have kids, all right? Let's give the kids a chance. 
Parents, just so you know, we're going to have the kids at the end of this go back to the room so you can check them out for security reasons, okay? So, all right. Okay, kids, you ready? Kids, are you ready? All right, yeah. <laughs> We've been trained for this stuff. We know what we're doing, yeah, so. All right, kids, um, just, uh, I want you to lay hands on them. Tell them to be healed in the name of Jesus. Anything else God gives you, just do that and have them check it out. All right? No more than 10 seconds. Go for it. Just command them to be healed in the name of Jesus and have them check it out. You don't need to pray too long, kids. Just, yeah, some of you already done. You already know this. All right, good job, kids. All right, now adults, check it out. Move around a little bit. I understand some of these things you might not be able to, uh, to tell. Okay, how many of you, you adults, you're, you're feeling something's happening in your body? Something's beginning to shift. Raise your hand. Awesome, back there, up here. Awesome. We're going to do more prayer in a second. If you already received prayer, if you could sit down. If you have not received prayer yet, if you could just remain standing. All right, kids, find someone else who's standing. You can have more than one person pray for a person if you, if you feel more comfortable praying with a friend. Yeah, these kids are, yeah, they are not messing around here. They are, they're hunting down these healings. This is impressive here. You guys are doing great. All right, kids, pray for them in the name of Jesus. Anything the Lord gives you, just go ahead and speak that out and then uh, have them check it out and see what's happening. All right, kids, after you pray for them, tell them and check it out. Have them uh, maybe take a little walk, move around, see if there's any shift. Some things they won't be able to tell right away. It'll take a little bit, so. It's like little roving healers. This is just amazing. All right, how many uh, people from that round, you feel something's happening in your body? Maybe like 50% more. Awesome, beautiful. There, there, there was a hot section over there. My goodness. Beautiful. All right, here's how we're going to close this thing out. So, um, kids, if you could come line up again, let's do this. (laughs) Adults don't do it this well. You guys are awesome. You can always tell the homeschool kids because they've never formed a line before. So you can tell which ones they are. Where do I go? So kids, we're going to do one more thing, and I'm going to have you pray for everybody at the end. I'm going to probably have the parents come and stand behind the kids. We'll we'll go after healing. But remember, don't forget your assignment here, guys. Is we want to, we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers, so that we can grow in this thing. And don't feel the pressure. You know, like this is nervous thing, but it's just as you're going through, you know, the Bible says, as you go, make disciples. This is a lifestyle thing. So kids, if you can just hang tight. Sean, if you could come up and uh, close this out, we're going to do all one more thing. And the kids, you're going to be the the ministry team. Thanks, kids. You guys did a great job. So let's give a hand for the future leaders. Thank you. So uh, I just have something real quick to share is that... uh, Next Sunday is our Christmas service. It's on the 23rd. There's no pre-service prayer for that. It's, it's going to be an abbreviated service. Just come. It's going to be awesome. And something we do a few weeks out from Christmas every year is, you know, as a family, we want to be able to bless each other. And uh, I, I shared this last year, and, uh, you know, I was raised by a single mom, and uh, I remember being, a, being you know, these kids age and uh, being around birthdays and holidays and Christmas was, it was a really interesting time because uh, I, I, I had cousins, a cousin that actually lived with me. Uh, we were a bunch of kids raised by kind of single moms and we didn't know that we were, we were poor, you know, cause everything was awesome when you're their age. 
uh, but I did know that we needed help. And so what we do every year here at Zion is just have an opportunity to bless each other as a family. You know, I remember when I was a boy and I'd have friends of our family come over and give us food for, for Christmas and, or give us food for holidays. And I just thought it was awesome. I'm like, this is awesome. This is food. But for my mom, it was life-changing. And, and so what, what we do, and, and Jim and Mary started this a number of years ago, is uh, you don't have to be in the situation I'm describing 100%, but if you're just a single mom and, or a single parent, a single dad, uh, if you're a family that, you know, you have maybe just one, maybe, maybe you have two, you have a, a husband and wife, but you have one source of income right now, and times around holidays can be tight for you. <laughs> if, if I'm describing you at all, and you have kids in the house, uh, they're living in the house, maybe elementary, middle, through high school, can you just stand up right now? Because we just want to give and have an opportunity. I know it takes some courage. So just go ahead and stand up. If that's you, you're a single mom, awesome. Come on, guys. Just If you feel like, hey, I could use some help this time of year right now. Guys, there's no shame in this stuff. In fact, this is what breaks off shame is us just saying, like, yeah, that's me. And Jesus comes and meets me and my family, like, every year. And so uh, what we want to do is, uh, Zioneers, hey, we just want to open up the opportunity. We're going to give you guys an offering. And so you can get your, your, your wallets, your, your, your finances out, your, your checks out right now. And I want you guys just to walk with them. And if you didn't stand, go ahead and stand. Like, there's no shame in this stuff. And I want you to walk with them and just go ahead and give them money, you guys. This is, the, you're not going to get tax credit for this. You're going to get heaven credit for this. So just go ahead. We just want to be a blessing to you guys. And we're just so thankful for single moms and single parents in our congregation and even families just need help this time of year. You know, if the church would help each other more, we actually wouldn't need so much government assistance out there. And so we just want to practice doing that. So Man, thank you guys so much for, for being generous and, man, for being willing to, to just love on someone, you know, because, man, uh, I tell you what, it's just a life-changing thing that, that, that occurs when we, we begin to really care and love for each other. So that's okay. You guys can get in the line. This is awesome. <laughs> this is so good. And, uh, yeah, we, we even have some gift cards as a church we're going to be able to, to give to some of these families and I was just so grateful for, for, for single moms, single parents, or heroes yeah. uh, in our generation. 